Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You're the king of an empire, and you rely on the slavery of your people to keep you rich and powerful. But you see your people waking up and starting to show dissent. What would you do if you wanted to stay in power? You would sure hope that they forget about it. You would want to distract them, or even better, turn them against each other so that they forget about their original cause. The mainstream media, which we all know is in the business of maintaining the status quo, is doing a great job at doing just that. Advanced, progressive, urban, political talk radio. Politicians who are characterized more and more by legalized bribery and normalized corruption vis-a-vis that big money. By a corporate media that ensures that it's a culture of superficial spectacle but no serious public debate and public conversation for the issues that really matter for the future of the nation, but especially the future of the vast majority of the nation who are working class and poor. Or a serious discussion about drones that drop bombs on innocent peoples. Or increasing police powers that allow persons, Americans, to be assassinated without due process or judicial review. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? This is the Alpha Show. Advanced, progressive, urban, political talk radio on TruthWorks Network. There is but one rule. Hunt or be hunted. The one thing you can't deny, these people are sabotaging this economy. And people are sabotaging this country. This is awful. Hosting the best of pushback talk radio. And now, the man who's got their number. Alpha. Well, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. 
it's another, it's kind of cold out, but uh, it's a beautiful Friday night here in the Windy City. City of, uh, well, I won't go there. <laughs> but let me say this. Um, you can follow me. Follow the Alpha Show at Facebook. At the Alpha Show. And um, let's not forget um, the Twitterverse. Although I don't tweet too much. I don't. That's not my domain. But follow the Alpha Show at Facebook on the Alpha Show. 914-338-1610 is our number if you want to get in. But let's begin tonight with just a few um, few stories that make you kind of scratch your head and wonder what the hell is going on. Um, one of the interesting uh, accounts of stories and these stories, I mean, I have to just shake my head about it. One of these particular stories comes up out of uh, St. Louis area. Been a couple of these uh, stories that kind of resemble one another. Here you have a newly elected black mayor, and the responses are quite different. Uh, There's a mayor who has just been elected in um, St. Louis County, Kenlock, St. Louis County, the city of Kenlock. They elected... um, Mayor McRae. And she went to, you know, go to work. There were about two dozen police officers who basically stood in the doorway and she was not allowed to enter to begin work. Now, they said um, they would not allow her in because she had been impeached. Irregardless of the law, the law says you have to wait 30 days after you served, and nothing had been served to her, so where is their legal recourse? Where is their... Well, anyway, the sitting administration, who uh, I guess was ousted in the election, told the city attorney not to allow her in the building, that uh, she had been impeached and they were citing voter fraud. Now, there were no articles of impeachment given her. The um, city manager slash attorney told her that uh, this was mailed to her. How that's proper service, I don't know. But on every level, every footing of this just reeks, it just dispenses, just overwhelms. And the truth part about it, the city manager, 
who the previous administration told not to allow her in the building with the help of uh, a couple of dozen police officers. The city manager is a black guy. And when they told her she had been impeached, <laughs> it's even before taking the job, but it simply wasn't true. Uh, Mayor McCray has not been impeached, and she won the April 7th election. But police were there in what seems to be a small coup. So now here you have law enforcement breaking the law. And in uniform, I would imagine that the same thing um, applies. In uniform, they're violating protocol. So at the very least, they're violating the oath of office, and they should be fired. But um, once the press got wind of this, they, of course, sent um, reporters out to cover the story, and it's, it seems to be ongoing. They claimed that there was there was fraud, but there was no evidence provided. So, in, in just trying to understand this, here you have police officers in concert with the outgoing administration saying, no, 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 you can't take office. You've been impeached, even though she has not been served. There's no articles of impeachment, and the law is on her side. But uh, they're into the second or third day of this coup. And I just, you know, I'm saying I'm sitting here scratching my head because, you know, some of these, some of the stuff, you just can't make up the um, the city attorney's name, James Robinson. An African American. I don't know. I don't know where this, this is going. I don't know where it's at, but I'm going to try to stay on top of it because to me this is this just stinks, and this goes along with the other um, situation. The first black mayor in a small town is elected. Mayor and five out of the six police officers resigned, along with the <laughs> along with the clerk, the water manager, the clerk. They all quit, and one of the police officers cited that nothing the black mayor puts his life at risk. Uh. Just let me say this. There is subtle racism, and there is just flat-out, blatant, unabashed racism. You can't have it both ways. You can't claim to be law enforcement and then break the law. You can't claim to be for the rule of law except for when, it'll, when things don't go your way. So you've got one town in St. Louis that 
staging a coup because a black mayor, female, has been elected. And you've got another town in St. Louis that um, once they elected to black female, 80% of the police force quit, leaving one, one officer. So you simply don't know what to make of it. And in those two instances, in both of those cases, there are racial overtones. And now to the continuing saga and racial overtones that is the murdering, the death of black citizens, unarmed black citizens at the hand of police. Here in our city of Chicago, the judge just ruled that um, the officer who shot the young, who shot into a crowd of people backwards, he shot backwards from his vehicle into a crowd of people and struck a young lady in the head and killed her. Well, he was acquitted on all charges, of course. But one prominent black lawyer accuses the district attorney, state's attorney, newly elected Alvarez, of purposely mischarging the officer, knowing that the judge would follow the lead and acquit him. And there were there are facts in this particular case that seems to leave you standing around scratching your head and saying, "This is you can't make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. You have to really be deluded to make this stuff up." So, as we see this continuing saga of black people dying at the hands of police, either in police custody or in encounters with police, comes the newest, the latest. The young man in Baltimore who died, uh, he was simply running while black. There were no, oh, they say they found a knife, but they couldn't have found a knife any time between wrestling him to the concrete and bending him up like a pretzel with their knees and his spine and on his neck. It seems that they picked him up, shackled, and drove him because he couldn't walk. That should have, as he was hollering in pain and complaining about the pain, and still they put him in the back of the paddy wagon. They didn't seatbelt him in as is the law, as is their policy, and they did not summon uh, emergency medical, for he was screaming in pain 
before they drove him to the paddy wagon. The young man died seven days later. And now you have another situation where the city wants answers, the community wants answers. And as, as they should want answers. This should not be a difficult lift, but as always, it's taking a little while for the investigation to come to full fruition. They have already admitted that uh, they stopped the vehicle to resecure, and he is a victim, but they still didn't put him in a seatbelt. Then within an hour, the emergency EMT was summoned. His spine was severed 80%. His neck spine, from, from his neck, it was severed at least 80%. And a week, seven days later, the young man died. Pretty great. And I saw a few um, conclusions of police violence. The one young man been shot in the face, and he sued the police and received two hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. Two years, two years after the fact. And then I saw the the video of the white guy who was fleeing police. I believe he was um, wanted for identity theft. And then running from the police, he stole a horse. And he hopped on the horse and rode out. I guess this carried him off into the desert, and he got caught up when he when he fell off the horse. This is a white guy, man. Well, the pursuing officers, not realizing that there were there was a helicopter in video, they was just beating the car and never crap out of this guy. White guy, white guy. But here's the twist. Once that video went viral, uh, two weeks later, the guy who was charged with stealing the horse, charged with um, identity theft, charged with felony eluding, he's got quite a few charges but he also got $650,000 in settlement two weeks after the fact, after this entire incident happened, two weeks after it happened. The city council is set to approve $650,000 in a settlement. Nice work if you can take the beating. And that's where we seem to be in this nation. We are constantly under, I would call it 
a different set, a different. There's a spirit's treatment that we suffer as black folks, African Americans. Give it a name. Seems to have a. It seems to have a ringing sound. Video of a young man, the cops rolled up on him in Palm Beach. He's riding a bike, and the cops rolled up on him. He got off the bike. When he got off the bike and turned his back, they shot him three times in his back. It there seems to be a serious theme here, and I've adopted this uh, photo that I saw, and it's a photo of an officer with his back turned, and to the left of him it says, Blue, B-L-U-E, Blue Cups Clinch, and I think that basically sums it up. You know, I'm still waiting. And when I say I'm still waiting, that's another photo I have of a skeleton with his chin resting on his two palms in a sitting position. I'm still waiting on the good cops. I'm still where are the good cops. And I've said this, and I'll say it again, and I'll continue to say it. The The good cops suffer from cervical syndrome. Because if they speak up, they will be left out on an island on their own. And somehow this is legal. Somehow this goes for police work. And the first thing the unions in Baltimore say are they were concerned with the mob-like tone of the demonstration. There's no store burnings. There's been no looting. But the police union comes out and characterizes peaceful protests as mob-like. When all we can, all we see this illegal in, in mob mode are the police, the police themselves. There seems to be a serious disconnect. And oh, by the way, I also saw a photo, and I want to thank the the CEO for sending me this photo. This photo was of the Congressional Black Caucus. The women, the women of the Congressional Black Caucus, and they were standing in a group, giving thumbs up and shaking the hand of Mitch McConnell for holding the vote on Loretta Lynch after over six months of delay. You know you got to be, when it's time, to congratulate the white man. And you can see this photo on Facebook at the Alpha Show. 
because it appears that some people that are there that you wouldn't expect to be there. Maxine Waters. So how do you congratulate this bastard when he was holding this nomination hostage to get abortion language in a bill that they could have not gotten it in without the hostage taking? And it just goes to another point that I would like to express when it comes to, I would like to express it because it it makes absolutely no sense to me. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And I uploaded this clip on Christian fraud. I want to play this for you right quick because it sets a tone. It, 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 It underlines what I say about we seem to simply be happy with crumbs because this has been going on for quite some time. Chicken wings for that money, even though they was no good. But you do get something for your money. But when you put your money in the church bucket, what do you get back? Hope and a future after you die. And my position on that, if I have to die to experience heaven, I don't need that religion. Mm. Anyone who tells me that I should be content with accepting hell on earth when the white man has his heaven here and the Chinese man has his heaven here and the Arab and East Indian has his heaven here and they're even building their heaven in my ghetto and you're telling me I got to die in order to experience what they are getting right now? That's a religion I don't need because that's a religion for servitude. And so we have to put the black church to task and ask them, what are you doing without Jesus money? Let me tell you what they're doing with your Jesus money. Every black church in America has their money in a white bank. It is the white banks that are funding the regentrification ethnic cleansing movement. So all of us go to church. We put $3 million in the church coffers every Sunday. $3 million goes to a white bank every Sunday. And guess what they do on Monday? They take $3 million of black people's white Jesus money, and they give loans to white land developers and businesses and entrepreneurs to come into the ghetto where the church is located, buy up all the property, and force grandma out on the street homeless. Now, grandma been going to that church for 30 years. Grandma been giving that church $50 every Sunday. And lo and behold, grandma had to finally face the reality that it was your Jesus money that put your ass on the street. Well, you didn't hear it from me. (laughs) So, all of you who want to label me an atheist, no. No, I, I can't. I can only say you know, if you don't have a job and you're not rich, blame yourself. Blame yourself. Blame yourself. If you were putting money, how did he call it? White Jesus money. Just there. Just there. If you're putting your money into the coffers every second, every second, 
without fail. You're part of the problem. But I won't blame you. I won't hold it over your head because you have been indoctrinated since your childhood to somehow know that you give them your money and they'll help you. Well, someone will help you. The church won't help you. I kind of dispute that $3 million a week number. I think it's far higher because there are churches everywhere. That is one of the tools that they use to keep us in line with deception. So, we got Loretta Lynch. And what did Loretta Lynch do? What is the first thing Loretta Lynch did? Breaking Brown. <laughs> Attorney General Loretta Lynch makes coddling police her first priority. Let me just let me run this to you right quick, because given the number of African Americans who've been injured or killed at the hands of police, one would assume that America's first black woman attorney general would be singularly focused on holding law enforcement officers accountable. According to the New York Times, however, the opposite is true. Loretta Lynch is reportedly planning to visit local police stations as a show of support for the officers. I wish she could bug the locker rooms before her arrival. Ms. Lynch is expected to continue many of Holder's efforts, but as a career prosecutor with a law and order reputation, she comes into office with strong relationships with many of the police groups who have felt unfairly criticized during the spat of high-profile episodes of African-American men dying at the hands of white officers. So already she's off on the wrong foot. And um, She's concerned with the morale of the police department has declined, that officers are being unfairly tarnished by episodes that do not reflect all of policing. Several aides and friends said that she would have to she would have to be residing on another planet for her to actually believe this, for her to actually go down that slippery slope. It just seems to me that we've gone from one to another. It seems to me that Loretta Lynch is more of an Eric Holder on steroids. And, you know, people criticize Eric Coda for not prosecuting the uh, 
the bankers of the Wall Street fraud. When legislation has been passed that makes it difficult to prosecute these people. You know, I've often said that it simply reeks. It reeks of a deck stacked against you. Always stacked against us. It always has been stacked against us. And I say this as I go into this break. We have a destructive electorate. The people middle class who are vulnerable to propaganda and repetitious bullshit that you hear coming from the mouths of these clowns day after day. And that's where we are. And that's why it's almost the bewitching hour. It's almost checkmate. It's almost that time. The time is of no return. It's almost the time when we won't be able to recover because recovery simply will not be in the cards for us. We cannot, I repeat, we cannot continue down this road because this road is headed for the ultimate dead end. You're listening to The Alpha Show at TruthWorks Radio Network. Alpha drills down every Friday, 10 p.m. Just damn. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real, raw, right now. If it's real, raw, right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Hi, my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio. Every Tuesday night at 9 p.m., the I Declare Show with India Declare. Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up? Or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. It's your real, raw, and right now talk radio. I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m., Blog Talk Radio. I declare it. Dealing with the difficult, real raw right now. The I Declare Show, baby. Hello, I am Chauncey DeVega. You may recognize my voice from Ring of Fire Radio with Mike Papantonio, the BBC, Sirius XM, or the Tom Hartman Radio Show. And you may have read some of my essays at places like Salon and Alternate. The Chauncey DeVega Show at TruthWorks Network, Mondays. There's a recent survey, it's actually, I think, experimental psychology, public opinion research, where they asked white respondents about the criminal justice system. And they showed them data before and after, clearly indicating that the system is biased, deeply biased against African-Americans and African-American men in particular. And even when made aware of the information, these white respondents, this is across divides of party and ideology, were even more likely to support punitive measures by the criminal justice system, even knowing that they were unfair. The Chauncey DeVega Show at TruthWorks Network, Mondays, 8 p.m.
we can be as badass as we want. We now live in a nation where doctors destroy health, lawyers destroy justice, universities destroy knowledge, governments destroy freedom, the press destroys information, religion destroys morals. Our banks destroy the economy. The inability to defend on all of these fronts, be it voter suppression. And it, you, you can go down the line. You can go down the line. The Wizard of Oz is 70 years old. Today, if Dorothy were to encounter men with no brains, no heart, and no balls, she wouldn't be in Oz. She'd be in Congress. <laughs> Advanced Urban Progressive Political Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Alpha. This is the Alpha Show. Works Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Just damn. The Alpha Show. Advanced Urban. Now, the master of common sense, take no prisoners in politics and game making. The man from Chicago who's got their numbers. This is Advanced Urban Political Talk Radio with Alpha. Here's Alpha. scrutiny as they murder 
And what is the count this year so far? What is the count of black men this year so far who have died at the hands, black men or and women, and or women who have died at the hands of police officers? Because it continues to happen. And it seems to be a weekly deal where it's being done and we're seeing it before our very eyes and nobody seems to want to call this song exactly what it is. And that's where we run into a problem. That's where there's this disconnect. And we seem to have a problem with well, especially mainstream media. They seem to have a problem with calling this what it is. I told you about the little logo that I have, and I can't put it in the chat room. They don't take pictures. You can't upload little pictures. But um, if you go on the Alpha Show and Facebook, you'll be able to see the this particular picture. The NYPD. has um, been embarrassed. They have, there's a cop law that's been uh, exposed and basically exposes the deep racism embedded into their police force. These are comments on this blog, N-word this, N-word that, monkey this, monkey that, Wet back this, wet back that. These are police officers. And at what point? And at what point does the handwriting on the wall become legible? No, you can't broad brush every cop, but the good cops are non existent. The good cops are cowards. The good cops are afraid. They suffer cervical syndrome. Now, for those of you who don't know who Frank Serpico is, watch a movie. I've only seen one movie on Frank Serpico, and it hits the spot because it simply reflects the death grip that thin blue line has on whistleblowers. And those are the good cops. Those are definitely the good cops. The cops who would say, hey, don't do that. There have been at least four cops who have stepped in and stopped the brutal beating of a handcuffed suspect that have had to leave their job due to threats or due to supervisor's retaliation. And there are three or four cops who have filed suit for that very reason. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a heads up because I'm predicting this. I'm predicting legislation. All of these states run and held by Republicans. I'm predicting legislation that limits the wrongful death awards for people who have died at the hands of the police. 
mark my words, Alec is already working on it. I have yet to see it hit the hit the state legislative legislators, but it's coming. It will be there because these municipalities are paying out millions. Baltimore has paid more than $7 million for wrongful deaths. I believe one of the latest videos was the white woman who was a little intoxicated. She wasn't a little intoxicated. She was flat out drunk. And when the police were called, because I guess she was, they got a couple of calls about her behavior up and down the strip mall. The police, the cop shows up and she's with her six-year-old daughter, her six-year-old daughter. And the cop confronts her. And it's on the dash, it's on the dash camera of, um, Police cruiser, and it's also being um, recorded on a cell phone. You see, this is the age of video. Everybody has a video. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everybody has a cell phone. Well, anyway, he's trying to handcuff her. And um, he gets one on, and he's holding her other arm. So, And they're both behind her back. So the top gets a little ticked off and in one motion. This is a big guy. And she's not a big woman. But in one motion, he slams her face first to the concrete, knocking her unconscious. Her six-year-old daughter is standing there. I'm not condoning this woman's inebriated state. I'm not condoning the fact that she didn't want to appear to want to go along quietly. What I'm simply saying is excessive force is excessive force. And she was slammed, slammed to the concrete. Broken, fractured eye socket, cut over her eye. You give her the name, she suffered. these municipalities will will be paying hundreds of thousands, if not millions, in civil suits. And that's why I say this will be the next move, to limit the award given to people who have been violated, people who have been wrong. Oh, oh, before I forget it, meanwhile, an ex-teacher admits to sex with three boys. She's a looker. <laughs> so why is she having sex with three boys? And oh, by the way, plea deal. <laughs> when I say she took a plea deal, it, it you really, you really can't make this up. Um. The plea deal seems to be contrary to logic, contrary to fairness. Let me put it like this. Former high school teacher accused of having sexual relationships 
with three boys, three of her students, took a plea deal Wednesday, crying as she, <laughs> crying. Now, I just, <sighs> okay, okay. Crying as she accepted the agreement in court. One of the boys was 16 and two were 17. They were having sex with Brianna Teese, 35. One testified that he considered her to be his girlfriend during their year-long sexual relationship. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have pressed charges. <laughs> I know, I know. That's, that's a little sick on my part. Okay. But the boys were all minors, and Utah law also says a person cannot consent to sex. If the other person is in a position of special trust, Altice, who taught high school English, pleaded guilty to three counts of forcible sexual abuse in exchange for prosecutors dropping 11 other counts, all first-degree felonies. School officials knew about Altice's inappropriate behavior and didn't do enough to protect the students, the boys and their parents say, in a lawsuit against the Davis School District. Ah, as a 17-year-old to have sex with your English teacher and then get a civil suit. Um, come on. Come on, fellas. Uh, the Davis School District spokesman, Chris Williams, said he would love to comment on the allegations, but that the civil lawsuit precludes him from saying anything. Prosecutor Susan Hunt said the three victims are on are on board with the plea. The Salt Lake Tribune reports, oh, my goodness. This is, she's, Altice is scheduled to be sentenced May 28th. Each count carries a possible sentence of 1 to 15 years. 1 to 15. I don't think you're going to look like that when you get out, huh? But in some way and somehow, if she could get 45 years, that would be poetic justice because she deserves it. And I see um, long-time listener, uh, cyclist, is having trouble getting audio, and he's also having trouble getting – he can either get audio or he can get chat room, but he can't get both. I've been there. I've been there. And I really believe that's something with Blog Talk Radio. I really believe that that's not uh, happenstance. Let me put it like that. That's not happenstance. And we continue down this road. Cops. You know, I am not a big fan of um, the uh, Black Agenda Report. But the Black Agenda Report 
comes on with a scathing article. Loretta Lynch is Condoleezza Rice with a law degree by managing editor Bruce A. Dixon. Uh, And he goes on to say, you won't hear Lynch bragging about how many white-collar criminals, fraudulent bankers, and predatory speculators, and greedy CEOs she's locked up. By the late 1950s, American rulers knew domestic was a global strategic liability. All but the diehard Southern white supremacists could see it was bad for business. You see, that's the real reason why we got some of the rights that we have, because it was bad for business. But uh, this Black Agenda report goes on with a scathing article, uh, scoring Loretta Lynch for being the corporatist, for being the Wall Streeter that she is. She's nothing more than Eric Holder on steroids. She has a impeccable record of prosecuting wrongdoers, but you can't expect her to prosecute not one banker, not one Wall Street manipulator. And that seems to be very problematic when you get right down to it. So we've got Loretta Lynch. History has been made. (laughs) Let's see. She got into the vote was 56 to 43. 56 to 43. That's 99 senators voted. Now, here's the jackpot question. Who's the missing senator? Who is the missing senator who missed the vote on Loretta Lynch? And for those who all say it was green eggs and ham, Ted um, McCarthy Cruz, Teddy Cruz, after all of the Rhetoric, after all the talk, didn't bother to vote, didn't bother to show up for the vote. The ultimate stick in the eye of all Americans, he refused to even cast a ballot. So there you have it. You cannot. Tell me this man has a snowball's chance in hell to become president. And oh, how I wish, how I wish he would win that nomination. His father is a loony. He is a he is a smug little coward that believes he's the smartest man in the room all the time, when in fact he's about nothing but Ted Cruz. It's all he's about. That is all you can 
extrapolate from the rhetoric that he speaks. You know, the hatred, the the speculation, the innuendo, him telling you what everybody else thinks or what everybody else believes, what goes as critical thought by the mainstream media is laughable. It is really laughable. And at each each time this man opens his mouth, he's trying to create a scenario where he really is the only believable person that he is impeccable in what he says when in fact he's he's one of the biggest canards that have ever been elected to office. And I think that his speaking, his teachers, they all bear that out. He is the new McCarthy. He is the new Joe McCarthy of our era. And that's all I can say about him. He's he's a clown. I don't know who's a bigger clown, he or Rand Paul. But either one of them, either one of them, I just hope and pray they win the they win the nomination. And you see Krispy Kreme, Chris Christie, another story has emerged where he appointed a financial manager for the municipality that encompasses Atlantic City. And this financial manager This law firm, his brother just joined this law firm, and he steered half a million dollars of state business to this law firm. His brother's worked on for two weeks, and they got this lucrative contract. So that's another one I hope gets into the ring. You know, the media has been pounding Hillary Clinton about this book that this right-wing Clown. This this they've simply taken a story or the stories from the New York Times and Washington Post that show absolutely no proof, absolutely zero anything that anything untoward has happened. But you can see programs like Morning Joe and and they even brought Howard Dean on and Howard Dean basically told him, you got nothing. You got nothing. And of course, Morning Joe and Mika were there to browbeat old Howard because uh, as he said, you know, this was 40 minutes after the article broke in New York Times. They were asking Howard Dean to comment on it before he had read it. And he basically gave a tepid defense of Hillary Clinton. But this is the global initiative of her husband. And they're trying to say that somehow the Russia got favorable treatment in a uranium deal that all of this is Whitewater, Vince Foster, manufactured scandal. That's what they do. That's who they are. 
They've got absolutely nothing else. But as they criticize Hillary Clinton, her her um, margins have increased in how she would. She beats nobody by less than 14 points. No one gets within 14 points, according to the polls. And you know how the polls are. They're going to continue to beat this drum to drive her negatives down. And it's going to turn into a situation where a month before the, oh, the Benghazi, the final, the latest Benghazi hearing, there have been seven of them. The latest Benghazi hearing, they're holding up the the, the results until next year, election year, around October. That's going to be their October surprise. How we can have any credibility, I don't know. I don't know. But the politics, not only are the politics stale, but the politics seem to be rancid as in oil. They seem to be without substance. And to me, there's nothing worse than a bunch of liars. You know, and when I say a bunch of liars, I'm I'm also referring to the same people who lied about Affordable Care Act. The same people who got everything wrong on the Iraqi invasion. These are all the people who are getting FaceTime, airtime, time in front of a microphone. Your Sunday shows are so flawed and so so jacked up. That's the only way I can put it. They're just so jacked up. They're just unbelievable. And it appears to me that this seems to be what What goes for critical thought now? And I have to keep asking myself, you know, with all the money that is circulated in the mainstream media, in campaign ads, and the lives get bigger and bigger and bigger. I saw... um, I saw this brother on um, Amy Good, Amy Good, Democracy Now. And he had the, I'll call it one of the best explanations of reparations. And the explanation on reparations would seem to be, it was spot on. It was spot on. Because as he explained, the way he explained it made quite a bit of sense. And it made quite a bit of sense because he hit the nail on the head. The only reason To deny of people who have been through what we've been through, reparations, is that you're in a state of denial. And here's the latest ploy on reparations. Reparations, reparations. 
John Birch in Chicago, tortured, confessions out of like 110 people. Now, they're labeling the settlement of civil suits as reparations, when in fact, they're simply awards from a civil suit. But you see, if you can keep reparations, if you can keep the term reparations out there and alive, you can so demonize it and vilify it to a point where it's impossible for African Americans to ever receive reparations because you've turned the heads of not only most of the white people, but even the majority of the black people who simply don't believe in it. Here's this explanation. I want you to listen carefully to it because it's spot on and it's simple and to the point. That's the truth. Reparations that's been introduced by John Conyers year after year in the House. And what reparations would actually look like? tried to establish in, in, in this piece was that there's, there's a conventional way of talking about uh, the relationship uh, in America between the African-American community and the white community, and it's one that we're very comfortable with, and uh, I call it basically the lunch table view. The problem with uh, racism in America is that black people want to sit at one lunch table and white people want to sit at, you know, another lunch table. And if we could just get black and white people to like each other, love each other, everything, you know, w- would be solved. Uh, in fact, uh, the, even these terms that we're using, black and white, are inventions, and they're inventions uh, of, of racism. And uh, if you trace back the history, back to 1619, a better way of describing the relationship between black and white people is one of plunder, the constant stealing, the taking from black people that extends from slavery up through Jim Crow policy. I mean, slavery is obviously the stealing of people's labor. Uh, in some cases, the, the outright theft of people's children and the vending of people's children, uh, the taking of the black body for whatever profits you can wring from it, up through the Jim Crow South, where you have a system of debt peonage, sharecropping, which really isn't much different, minus the actual selling of children, you are still exploiting labor and taking as much as you can uh, from it. Uh, Into a system, uh, when you think about something like separate but equal, uh, in the civil rights movement, we traditionally picture, uh, uh, you know, colored-only water fountains, white-only restaurants. But the thing people have to remember is if you take a state like Mississippi or anywhere in the Deep South where you have a public university system, black people are paying into that. Uh, black people are pledging their fealty to the state, and yet they aren't getting the same return. This is theft. It's systemized. Uh, and when we try to talk about the practicality of it, I spent <laughs> 16,000 words almost just trying to actually make the case. And at the end, what I come to is that, you know, the action thing right now is to support uh, uh, Representative John Conyers' bill, H.R. 40, for a study of what slavery has actually done, what the legacy of slavery has actually done to black people, and what remedies we might come up with. And, and I did that not so much to dodge the question, but because I think to actually even sketch out what this might be would take another 16,000 words. I mean, we have to calculate uh, what slavery was. We have to calculate what Jim Crow was. We have to calculate what we lost in terms of redlining, come to some sort of ostensible number, and then figure out whether we can actually pay it back, and if we can't, what we might do in lieu of that. Reparations is systemic theft. Is the price tag of systemic theft. And I think that is the simplest way to express it. Oh, of course, you'll always be challenged on it. Well, systemic theft is the bottom line. 
and it has continued, and it is still continuing. Make no mistake about it. This is where we are. This is where we are. One of the uh, interesting things, you know, Chris Matthews interviewed the President of the United States. And while he's interviewing the President of the United States, of course, the old TPP came up. And, of course, the President took an opportunity to take a shot at Elizabeth Warren, but he really took a shot at MSNBC. Ed Schultz is all up his butt about the TPP. Ed Schultz is right. The unions are right. Hillary Clinton has a problem, and the unions need to, they've already come out with a campaign ad against the TPP. But that's not enough. You know, okay, they came out with an ad, but for me, it's a weak ad. For me, it simply says, um, look over here. um, It's a a Harry Reid ad. It's a soft-spoken ad. It's not accusatory. It's not inciting. It lacks the message that needs to be put out. It is a corporate giveaway. The TPP is a corporate giveaway. And corporations will be able to sue in a private tribunal taxpayers for regulating air quality, food quality, water quality, they will be able to sue you in a corporate tribunal if you get in the way of their profits. The TPP usurps the sovereignty of the voters, of the American people. And that is the message. That is the ad that should be running, that the unions are paying for. But it's not too late. And we should be, the union should be taking advantage of it. But this president went out of his way to claim that Elizabeth Warren was wrong. And all Elizabeth Warren did, she pushed back and said, if she's wrong, this is so great for the middle class and working people. Why is it secret? Why is it behind closed doors? Why isn't it allowed to be shared with the American people? Because you know the American people will not go for this. For this president to push the Trans-Pacific Partnership may erase any of the good things that he has done, including the Affordable Care Act, including the rescue of the auto industry, and all Lily Ledbetter's equal rights, all of that will go down the tube. 
when the middle class goes down the tubes. And that's all the TPP has in store. It ensures that the middle class will go down the tubes. Bernie Sanders is on his case. We've lost 60,000 factories since 2000 with the implementation of NAFTA, CAFTA, with the Korean, Colombian uh, free trade deals, the continues to skyrocket. The loss of jobs continues to escalate. And in each and every case, it's just nothing seems to be, you know, the president says, 95% of the markets are outside of the U.S. And one of the detractors of this TPP says that, how does that matter? The people inside of the United States if that 95% doesn't have the wherewithal, doesn't have the ability to buy because their wages are so low, simply skyrocket to the corporations and to the upper echelon, to the top 2%, how is strengthening the corporations, a good thing for the middle class. The only thing that's left here will be service jobs. Low paying, below the poverty line, service jobs. Oh, we'll have a couple. There are a couple out there that uh, are good paying jobs, but they're dwindling. Every month it goes down lower and lower and lower. Every month. You can get someone to come in and uh, be a detractor of um, the job situation, and you can get someone to come in and be a proponent of the job situation, but neither one of those should matter because the only thing that should be real are the facts, are the numbers. The numbers don't lie. How does the saying go? Liars figures, but figures don't lie. The job loss at the hands of the free trade deals. running the millions. Running the millions. And one other disturbing thing about these trade deals, in Colombia, over 105 union advocates have been murdered. And that in and of itself should break the trade deal, the Colombian trade deal. By all means, by by any by by any measuring stick, killing 
union advocates should void any trade deal, any free trade deal we have. We don't need free trade. We need fair trade. The United States is the biggest consumer of goods. And the argument is we can't have a closed market. Let me put it like this. China, Vietnam, Indonesia, India, anyone who wants to strike up a trade war, anyone who wants to strike up a trade war with the biggest consumers on the planet, bring it on. Let's not wait for someone else to define this issue. We have to be vigilant more than ever because checkmate is near. Checkmate is about an election away. I don't think that Hillary Clinton is going to have this walking. She will face the misogynistic sexism. Now watch how easily they pivot from racism to sexism and the misogyny. Watch how easily they pivot. You know, this is an art form. And in amongst these arguments next year, at this time, Pearl College trick. The proportionality of awarding electoral college votes will simply allow Republicans to win the White House. Even if people aren't paying attention, I will have to continue to blow this whistle. I say I'll have to continue to blow this whistle because that's what it demands. It demands that someone stands up and say, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Last week I played for you part of the exposure of the TPP. The um, America's lawyer, as they call him, Mike Papantonio. Um, he basically calls it, calls him out on it. He calls him out on it big time. Big time. And I want to play this for you because it's not just enough to let you hear it or make you move to a situation where you can only say to yourself, what in the hell are they thinking? What in the hell are they talking about? Listen to Tom Hartman as he bring in as he brings in Mike Papantonio on this very topic. The Obama administration is preparing to sell America out to a handful of private corporations. 
well, more than a handful, but anyhow, that's because right now President Obama is preparing to push through the largest trade deal in human history, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or, its, or as it's more commonly known, the TPP. If approved, the TPP would create a whole new set of rules regulating the economies of 12 countries, the red countries seen here, on four different continents bordering the Pacific Ocean. These rules cover everything from pharmaceuticals to digital copyright law and could permanently change the way everyday Americans and people all over the world interact with the global economy. So if you think the Obama administration, you, you would think as a result of this, that the Obama administration would want to keep the public as up-to-date as possible on such a big trade deal, right? Wrong. The United States has negotiated the TPP almost entirely in secret with the help of about 600 private corporations. Most of what we know about it actually comes from leaked documents. And those documents paint a pretty scary picture. Now, thanks to WikiLeaks, we have an even better idea of just how dangerous the TPP really is. Earlier today, WikiLeaks released a full draft of the treaty's intellectual property rights chapter. The 95-page document proves what many people have long suspected, that the TPP isn't so much a free, a free trade deal as, as it is a giant giveaway to monster transnational corporations. According to WikiLeaks, the TPP would allow private foreign corporations to sue countries over regulations that those corporations don't like. It would allow them to expand the monopoly powers of pharmaceutical patents. And it would also give corporations the go-ahead to start blocking websites accused of violating copyright law. The documents also show that the Obama administration, on behalf of the United States, has been pushing for some of the TPP's harshest intellectual property laws. To put it bluntly, the TPP would sacrifice national sovereignty, public health, and Internet freedom, all in the name of helping private corporations keep their CEOs' wallets fat and their shareholders happy. That's why the TPP is so much more dangerous than normal trade deals like NAFTA or CAFTA. Not only does it reward companies that send jobs overseas and gut regulations that keep big businesses in check, it also increases corporate control over pretty much every part of how you and I interact with the world and makes it near impossible for countries to fight back against giant corporations. As Julian Assange said about the leaked documents, if instituted, the TPP's intellectual property regime would trample over individual rights and free expression as well as ride roughshod over the intellectual and creative commons. If you read, write, publish, think, listen, dance, sing, or invent, if you farm or consume food, if you're ill now or one, one day might be ill, the TPP has you in its crosshairs. In other words, it puts the rights of profit-driven businesses over the rights of human beings and the governments that we form to protect ourselves. No wonder, then, that the Obama administration doesn't even want Congress to take a closer look at the TPP. To push the U.S. into the proposed treaty as soon as possible, the president is trying to use a special legislative trick called fast-tracking that would prevent lawmakers from making any amendments to the TPP. Instead, the treaty would be sent right to the floor, where it would only have to pass a simple majority vote. Sounds like a done deal, right? Well, not so fast. A growing number of bipartisan lawmakers, including people as far away from each other on the political spectrum as Michelle Bachman and John Lewis, are banding together to fight back against the president's TPP plan. They're calling for an open debate on the treaty, and have asked the Obama administration to hold back on pushing for fast-track powers. So, will they succeed? 
And what's the deeper story here? For more on this, I'm joined now by Mike Papantonio, attorney and host of Ring of Fire Radio, Ring of Fire Television, Pap. Welcome back. Tom, how are you? Just great. Hey, as I just mentioned, there's growing congressional opposition to both the TPP and President Obama's decision to try to reauthorize Fast Track to pass this thing, which a power that he doesn't have right now. It expired in 2008, as I recall. Uh, do you think today's WikiLeaks revelations are going to help hurt? How, how, you know, what effect are they going to have on all this? They are extremely important because what the American public sees now, and, and this is this is going to be this is going to take the same shape that we saw with Syria. Uh, with Larry Summers, with the uh, the pipeline, XL pipeline, you're going to see so much anger about this once people understand what has been happening to them behind closed doors. It's so secretive, as a matter of fact, that even the people working on it had to find a, had to, had to sign a classified information non-disclosure agreement, and that's how he's kept it secret. But real problematic is why would a president? that runs on the idea of being the people's candidate want to keep this so quiet when it puts so many people out of jobs and is such a huge threat to every facet of the American public. Why would he want to keep that secret? That's the big question. I think I know the answer. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm guessing for you that's not a rhetorical question. What do you think the answer is? Well, I think it, it all comes down to the fact that the, it, we, we saw the same thing happen with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was surrounded by the Robert Rubin types, by the Penny Pritzker types, by, uh, by the Wall Street types. That's where Bill Clinton's money came from. Uh, we have ignored the fact that Obama came up the same way. It's simply a continuation of what we saw with the Bill Clinton administration, with NAFTA and CAFTA. Now he has made promises. There's nothing else you can read into this. He's made promises. He had to make promises in order to get elected, to get all that money from Wall Street. And now it's payback time. Wall Street had the good sense to understand there's no way that anybody with a brain in a gag reflex could ever put up with this type of legislation or this type of treaty, so he kept it quiet, intentionally tried to hide it from the American public and the press. I think one of the most I interesting parts of this is, well, actually, I, the only part that we really know right now is this intellectual property part, but that's, you know, both damning and fascinating. I'm curious your thoughts about the revelation, I, probably the biggest revelation in this, was that it's the United States is pushing hardest for this. It, it seems to me like I'm seeing the uh, the hand of Microsoft and Disney and Sony and whatnot behind this, uh, but maybe the pharmaceutical companies. I mean, that's an area that oh, you big, uh, big time. super specialize in. Your thoughts? Big time. Well, what, what has happened is Exxon, Dupont, uh, Dow Chemical, Eli Lilly, Merck, all the big companies have already had great success just gaming the system and taking away sovereignty by way of NAFTA. NAFTA is very weak where it comes to, to for a, a foreign entity's right to come in and change the sovereign law. TPP puts NAFTA on steroids. But already we've seen the oil companies force people in Canada that said, you know, we don't want you drilling in our backyard. They've been forced, they've been sued, uh, and the legislation that prevents that, uh, that, that drilling has been thrown to the side. Same way with fracking, same way with uh, pricing of pharmaceuticals. 
This is a complete uh, takeover of what we hold so dearly, and that's the right for us to be able to govern ourselves, Tom. And really, this is the last stage, uh, if this were to succeed, this is the last stage of making the United States into something akin to Saipan in this sense. It creates what we call job scarcity. If you have 20 people that are applying for the same job, the employer is able to say, "No, we're not going to honor OSHA. We're not going to. Uh, we're not going to honor regulations. We're not going to pay a, a, a minimum wage. We're not going to allow for unionization." And all of a sudden, uh, that the, the person right behind that guy applying for the job says, "Well, I'll take the job." Look. When you take regulations away, when you let corporations get involved in interfering with sovereign regulations and sovereign laws, it always works to the benefit of the corporation. That's the, that's the gotcha. That's the gotcha part of this whole thing. That's where it's headed. Obama knows it. He's not an idiot. He simply is owned and operated by Wall Street. And it's hard to admit it, but that's the guy we elected. And now we're seeing it. This is a telltale of what this man really is all about. Why else would he keep it a secret? What's the word on when this thing is going to drop? Well, I think what at this point it's going to be slowed down dramatically. That what what's going to happen is they have to get this through with Obama. He has to be the guy, because there's a good there's a good possibility that Hillary won't be able to do it. Hillary's going to be running for cover as she sees this pendulum swing and progressives get more and more involved with saying, you know, damn it, we're tired of centrist politics. We're tired of Democrats acting like damn Republicans. And Hillary, you better not stand behind this. So. Obama is the last chance they have. They're going to put full tilt, full speed behind this thing every way they can. And the only thing that's going to stop it, Sam, uh, the only thing that's going to stop this is, 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 Tom, is people like you and me and uh, Sam, who I was talking about this radio show with me, and, and Bobby Kennedy and the people that are out in the, in, in, in the media that is not mainstream media, but the citizens' media. They're going to stop this. This is, where the anger, this is where the real anger is going to come in. Yeah, 30 seconds, Pap. There's absolute radio silence in the corporate media on this. Why? Oh, they want it. Listen, this is great for corporate media. It sells more, it sells more goods. Anytime you sell more goods, advertisers are happy, and the guys on the 50th floor with that MBA that could, care, could not care less about the future of this country, they make more bonus money. Incredible. Mike Papantonio, thanks so much for being with us. Notice one thing. Notice one thing about this particular clip. They mentioned Michelle Bachman. So that should tell you that this clip is a year old. And it appears that the pendulum is swinging. It appears that the money has arrested some of the Proponents, the the people who were against the TPP, have changed sides. It's closer to getting done. It's closer to being a done deal. And when they speak about sovereignty, they're simply protecting the drug companies so that you cannot regulate the drug companies and what they can charge. The people who frack the oil companies will either be able, if you pass an ordinance or a law banning fracking, they will sue you because you are getting in the way of their profits. How does that 
represent a democracy or republic. This is fascism that has taken hold. These are the billionaires and the millionaires who have seized control of our government. They talk, they talk about the big government, big government. Anytime you hear someone talking about big government, what they are saying is more privatization, more privatization. The Pentagon is unable to account for $1.3 billion in Afghanistan infrastructure repair. They won't repair our infrastructure here, but a hundred I'm sorry, one point three billion dollars in infrastructure money is missing from the Afghanistan fund. And I'm a true believer in one thing. When you have this type of fraud, one point three billion dollars. It's far more than any welfare fraud. It's far more than what you see happening where they talk about entitlement programs. That $1.3 billion needs to be taken from the defense budget and repaid to the government. You see, this is what the shrinking of revenue does. Privatization is all they want. Big government means we want more privatization. When they criticize, when they talk about, we want small government, small government, they want more privatization. Chris Christie just sold the water rights to New Jersey. As he pillages and rapes the revenue coffers in New Jersey. 914-338-1610. Let me go to the phones. 404, welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling to the Sports Network. Alpha, you have a great show as usual. Talk down how you feel this evening, man. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm just enjoying the uh, information that you're putting out. It's so on point. And, you know, even when the president was having his little news conference uh, concerning the TPP and had Connolly there as uh, one of his sidekicks to sort of help him. But if you look up Connolly's uh, campaign contributions, you get an idea of where this guy is getting his money from. And it's just like well, the clip that you said. Huh? Go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, you have to actually, it's easier to count the people who aren't getting Wall Street money, big oil money, or uh, bankers' money. You, It's easier to count the people, the Elizabeth Warrens, the, the Bernie Sanders, you, it's easy to, 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 to point to the people who aren't taking this money than it is because everybody else is. Everybody else is because they know that is the that is the key, that is the bloodline to reelection. And that's, sure. that's what's so bad about it. 
Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the key was when they sort of, uh, under the 14th Amendment, uh, where they uh, defined themselves and the court defined corporations as persons, uh, 14th Amendment was designed to right some of the wrongs that injustice is suffered by, suffered by blacks or then called Negroes. And, uh, but now <laughs> it's just topsy turvy. And so when you have corporations with the right of free speech and all of the other uh, due process and all the other rights uh, delegated to uh, citizens or persons, humans, and uh, now we equate corporations as persons, then what can we expect? And uh, why should the president negotiate this TPP secretly? That's the question, which was answered by Tappet, what, what is his name, the attorney that you just Mike had Patton on? Tony. Mike Tappet yeah. Tony. Yeah, you know. And uh, so the information that you're bringing out uh, on your show tonight in the various areas, especially with uh, the uh, new attorney general, uh, you know, there's only been about 20 cases uh, brought during the last five years against police departments by the Department of Justice. Uh, it's a little bit more than what what was brought in the in prior administrations, but most of these cases that they even bring um, are settled, uh, you know, are settled. And when they when they settle these cases with these departments, it's not individuals that they go after. Uh, it, it is the uh, the agreements are just an agreements to provide more training and you know just a lot of fluff, no substance, a lot of fluff. And as you can see with the uh, you know uh, the application of the law by the Justice Department helped none of the individuals that were, uh, you know, have been shot and killed by these uh, officers in these uh, departments. Even here in Oklahoma, <laughs> the, 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 the senior citizen, sheriff, who wealthy individual that contributed to the uh, financially, you know, supporting the sheriff department up there in Tulsa, he's, he walked into the courtroom. You've seen the clip. Uh, walked out, and now he's kicking his heels up over in, uh, you know, uh, I think it's Caribbean somewhere. Or, or, yeah, he's know. in the Bahamas. He's Bahamas. in the Bahamas. He's, he's been given permission, even though he's been charged with manslaughter. He's been given permission to go vacationing in the Bahamas. So... It's, you know, so that ought to tell us something. I mean, if we, if we, if we as a people cannot comprehend that the laws of this country can be changed and will be changed by the powers to be to uh, enrich, support whatever they want to have done, and those individuals who are put in showcase positions are, uh, you know, are there just for show case positions. They're not going to bring about any real change. Do you think that the Attorney General is going to have any substantive change on any of the local police departments uh, 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 across this country, this nation? 
In other words, <laughs> after, a lot of these cases, we don't even hear about a lot of this brutality and, and what's going on. We, we, it's, unless the person is, is killed or, uh, you know, some uh, violently beaten and caught on camera, that's the only time we hear about this stuff. And uh, so what has really changed since, uh, you know, the president has been in concerning brutality, concerning the killing of, uh, of young black men and women, slamming a lady's head uh, uh, on the uh, pavement, knocking out her teeth. She had about 28 stitches. Uh, even though she was inebriated. I never had to do that when I was a cop. No way. No way. I saw, Didn't have to I saw that. that video. That was that video was just was too much. I mean I it, it to me it mattered not that whether the 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 race the of the of the female but it just it, that was just if if you don't see the the need to rein these these terrorists in, and that's all they are, that's all they are. That's terrorists with bandits and guns. Absolutely, and I you know and I, and I wore I, I had the shoes on, so I'm speaking from experience, and uh, so I know what's going on. I know I know the attitudes, I know the policies uh, that are uh, you know uh, that police officers follow and the training that they undergo, especially now. I mean, you know, even then, we, you know, we, we, we didn't have all the uh, added uh, uh, military equipment back when I was out on the street. But now, man, you can't tell the difference between, you know, uh, the police department and the military, you know. So that's the type of training that they have. That's where the recruitment comes from, military uh, former military personnel for the most part, and that's what we have in these departments. So so I don't see her impacting, uh, you know, uh, uh, very much, other, you know, be the same old, just like you said, with the uh, Bruce Dixon, same old three, six, and nine. Nothing is going to change, man. And, and, and the only thing that we need to do is, uh, you know, try to, and uh, educate ourselves on how this system works, what we're under, and adjust our priorities and, uh, you know, according to what we can do to survive. You know, I'm concerned about my grandchildren and stuff, you know, because we're moving off the scene now for you and I are getting to the stage in life, you know, to, you know, not be here. (laughs) Wake up and we be gone. So, uh, you know, and and it's just a bad situation that we find ourselves in. So I would just uh, you know encourage you to to continue what you're doing, sir, and informing the people, giving them the uh, information that they need to uh, to have in order to make the type of decision that they need to make to uh, you know protect their families and their and and their interests. Because uh, the corporations, man, that's who's running the country. Always have, always will be. And, uh, you know, that's just a fact of life. We have to live with it and adjust, you know, accordingly. Uh, Most people are just, you know, so distracted on so many fronts that they're not even interested in doing any research. They they take the word of individuals 
who are uh, have the ability to persuade them through the articulation of the King's English without doing any uh, looking, you know, underneath at the surface and finding out, you know, well, who's supporting these people that's saying these things, you know? You're absolutely right. It it it, it puts us. It puts everyone. But see, this is where the to me, Don. This is where hopelessness enters because they have they have maneuvered. This is thirty, forty years of positioning to place themselves in this these types of positions where they own and control the airwaves, so they own communication where they own and control the the thought, the minds, and they've indoctrinated enough children. They have miseducated three generations of us. And it just appears that no one, either they're ignorant or and don't know, or they're distracted with, you know, the reality shows and religion and, you know, all of the, all of the traps that come along. Yeah, what other? Yeah, Alpha, listen, answer, answer this. What other culture around the world embraces the type of, of rhetoric detrimental uh, to its youth in reference to our rap music that has, that's, that's you know, that's calling us... Uh, you know, uh, you know, you know how what I'm talking about. I don't want to say it because right. kind of bad. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, hoes, bitches. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and and I mean, what other culture will allow, allow that type of rhetoric to be said about themselves? We have been so indoctrinated and uh, uh, miseducated to where we have embraced. That type well, they, of, a, of, of of no morality at all, man. I mean, you know, I'm not a, you know a big moral guy, you know, on that, you know. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, we're sitting just like you said about the churches. We'll sit up and give our money to the church and buy sixty-five million dollar jets for these uh, fast-talking preachers. Um, yeah, but you're absolutely right, Don. And look at look at it. They've gotten us to kill each other. Which the clan, we kill more of each other than the clan ever has. They've gotten us to uh, denigrate the women, and you know, to a point of we demon, demonize and vilify ourselves. And, uh, and I, this is this is scary stuff because they have basically talked us into doing it to ourselves. Yeah, and then you look at turn the leaf over and see who is responsible for putting these guns into our neighborhoods, into our uh, areas to where we live, and under what conditions. And, uh, you know, what about the drugs? And okay. so when you start looking underneath the surface and find out where the pipeline line is coming from, then you have, a, have an idea of the type of society in which we live. And it's just like uh, Dr. Francis Chris Welsing, the psychiatrist, uh, and Neely Fuller, if you don't understand racism, the system, 
system of racism and white supremacy. Anything else that you understand or you may think that you understand will only confuse you. And so, uh, you know, so when all of these negative things are being perpetrated by individuals who are against uh, the interests of our our people, especially, you know, because I'm concerned about that. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we've been on the bottom rung for years. Nothing's changed. We march the same old tune. You know, we've been marching ever since I was in, uh, intelligent enough to understand what marching was all about. And well, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're still marching. You see, in the meantime, well, our kids and our kids are being destroyed. Our neighborhoods, are, are, our, our homes are being destroyed. Uh, our relationships are being destroyed, and uh, we're sitting up here like uh, you know ducks in a pond, just ready to be shot. You know, just you know, just ducks in a pond, man, and not prepared to to deal with what may happen. You know what may happen, and I advise people that they better take advantage of every single they have under the Constitution. And that includes well, arming yourself. That's right. I'll say this about mm-hmm. marching. Marching was effective in the 70s, early, in the late 60s, early 70s. But as communication has evolved, marching has become less effective because they can still close your mind with propaganda. Propaganda is the most, to me, propaganda is one of the most lethal weapons that they use. The constant, uh, the constant messaging and ad nauseum and the lies of telling you, or telling the American people the lie over and over and over and over and until they believe. It. How does the joke go? Your Honor, Your Honor, that's not my baby, and the judge looks down and says. But you're going to feed him until he looks like you. <laughs> and that, that's what's happening. That's what's yeah, happening. We're being forced to force these lives, and we accept it. And now they're trying to take away the little communication that we have now. I mean, uh, Army, you know, wins wars by communications and intelligence, you see. Uh, we yeah. had some bad intelligence on them drones that we, we sent over there, but... Uh, you know, that's the way it works, intelligence. How good is your intelligence in your line of communications? Uh, remember the Indian talkers, the Navajo Indian talkers? What do you uh, call them, the whispers, the, the wind, yeah, wind whispers, something to that effect. Right. And not as long as their language. Right. Right. And that's what it is. And we have, we have fallen to a, we've fallen prey. We have fallen prey to this the systemic, insidious move on what used to be a democracy. Yes. They they basically bought everything up. Money has left in and rules. Yeah, and I'm going to get on off. I'm not going to talk as long as I did last time, but uh, I'd like to hear more individuals' uh, you know, uh, opinion as to uh, you know the subjects that you're you're bringing up, uh, Alpha, because 
you know, the only means of, of uh, defense that we have is the uh, language of communication and what you're doing now to try and enlighten individuals uh, as to, you know, to try to encourage them to not just accept what they hear and what they see, but do their own uh, investigation and, and uh, you know, uh, research into, uh, you know, what's what's really going on and how this government really operates and, and what's really happening, you know, because, uh, the, you know, if, 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 if Hitler can persuade the German people to go along with, uh, you know, uh, Auschwitz and sending all of those, uh, the Jewish people and others, uh, including the blacks, to the chambers, um, it's, the media is mighty powerful. And that's exactly what's happening to us. We're being denigrated in such a way that the average person one day might look up and say, well, hell, good riddance. You know, jobs are gone. We don't have, we don't have the support. The money is going into the war machine. It's not going into neighborhoods that need to fortify the, the, their, the schools, give programs to these children so that they can uh, be active. And, uh, uh, you know, they don't have any jobs to go to except these little nickel and dime jobs. So there's no, uh, aspirations for any any uh, uh, career, and if they're not into uh, you know the the latest uh, technology uh, in reference to um, the internet, and uh, uh, you know if they don't if they don't, we're just not there, man. We're not we're not there. The, the money is being allocated, and it's not being uh, uh, allocated to where it's really needed and needed the most. And especially in our neighborhoods and for our children, man. And uh, there's, you know, and so what do you expect them to do if they don't have programs to, to help them, to educate them, or give them something to do, jobs, you know, like they used to have for us? Man, I remember you could go out to high school, didn't even have to have a high school education, and and, and work at a middle class job in some of these factories, right? You're absolutely right. And now PPP right. is here. And uh, you know, just like you said, now now they're controlling. Now we want to give it give it all away. And once that shoe drops, gonna, and what, yeah. And what's going to happen to our kids, man? What's exactly. Yeah. The only thing that will be left is service jobs. Don, okay, I want to thank you, man. Thank you, man. So 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 thank you for uh, you know uh, uh, for your show, Truth Works. All of them, India. Uh, we're waiting to hear her come back on. And I uh, always listen to Janice on uh, on Saturdays. And so um, just keep up the good work, Alpha, and I'll talk to you later. Take care, Don. Thanks for your call, man. Appreciate it. Brother Doc Don, Brother Doc Don is spot on. The only thing left is service jobs. The only reason to follow these politicians down this path is a negative. You can see, some of us can see what's happening, and there's nothing we can do about it. But continue to sound the alarm. We're in a monopoly game. We're playing monopoly. One player is given all of the property except for Whitechapel Road. They're also given 95% of the banks. You're expected to succeed with that 
whatever is left, of course, you lose immediately. And that's the way the game is set up. You are not included. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes due. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. And so is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best. A political pushback. Just damn. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 